It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, guys? It's episode number 341 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. It is a crossover Wednesday edition. In just a few short moments, we'll be joined by Joe Marino, Locked On Bills. Uh, Also does great draft coverage and draft work. But before we get to that, we want to update you on everything that happened or didn't happen at the NFL trade deadline. Here's what you need to know. The Redskins did not make any trades. That means no Trent Williams, no Josh Norman, no Ryan Kerrigan, no Adrian Peterson. Reportedly, according to the Athletic and Ben Standing, they had an offer for Adrian Peterson on the Trent Williams front. Apparently, the Browns were only willing to offer a second-round pick. The Redskins wanted a first-round pick or a special playmaker in return. What we found out about shortly after the deadline is that Trent Williams returned to Redskins Park, reported before 4 p.m., in an effort to get his contract year counted, which is what we've discussed several times on this particular podcast, including episode number 340. What we found out about an hour or so after that, according to J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington, and this should be of no surprise to anyone, either he was going to play simply to get the contract counted, or he was going to try and pull something, and this was not going to end pretty. And according to Finley, Trent Williams has no intention to play for the Redskins again. So as we record this, We still have no idea what the next step is, but if Trent Williams has reported for the sole purpose of getting his contract year to count and to stop the fines, that's great. That's awesome. If he has no intention of playing, and especially now that that is a public report, it is going to be very, 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 very hard to believe that this doesn't wind up in some sort of arbitration, some sort of grievance between Bruce Allen and the Redskins and Trent Williams and the NFLPA. It's going to be impossible to buy that this is just going to be on the back burner and not a major distraction and a major circus, even though the season's over at one and seven. No matter what people inside Redskins Park want to tell you about winning every game, the season's over. And yes, they should try and win every game because that's what you do, but the season's over. And this is going to become the only thing that essentially gets talked about because it's a he said, she said, and it's a grievance, and it's two parties that are dug in, and nobody thinks that Trent Williams is coming and reporting to Redskins Park with any intention to be happy, never mind to play, and represent the Washington Redskins again. All right, coming up next, it's Joe Marino, crossover Wednesday, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast as the Redskins get ready for the Buffalo Bills this Sunday to round out their first half before the bye. Hey guys, the folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com. 
Roman.com slash locked on NFL. That's GetRoman.com slash locked on NFL. Crossover Wednesday officially begins next, right here on LOR. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game and then some. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is time to get off the sidelines, guys, and get in the game. With MyBookie, MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines, the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, and you should do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you're tired of watching the games from a couch with nothing a game, MyBookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. The best part is, if you join me right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your favorite picks. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On to double your cash and visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Joe Marino here, now joined by Chris Russell, the host of Locked On Redskins, to help us get ready for this big game for the Buffalo Bills and uh, a team here in the Washington Redskins that is searching for a win, and it should make for a good discussion here. Chris, thanks for joining me. First question I want to ask you here is about this coaching transition coming from uh, Jay Gruden to Bill Callahan, now as the interim coach. What have been some of the biggest differences with that change? Yeah, Joe, good, uh, good to be with you, as, uh, of course. And, and, you know, look, with every coaching change, there's always going to be, like you said, some sort of philosophical change, if not more than a philosophical change. And the, the biggest one I would say is behind the scenes, the Redskins seem, seem to be more intense in practice, more organized, more hardcore, if you will, a little bit more uh, quicker paced and ur- a sense of urgency uh, and, and grit and determination. And I think that's Bill Callahan's kind of old school style. And that was opposite of what Jay Gruden essentially was most of the time, which was kind of you know, soft, easygoing play. I, you know, I used to call it club J because they would play DJ, you know, they would have a live DJ at practice and they would dance around and have fun and not take anything seriously. So that's the off the field. The on the field is there's been a clear emphasis on establishing the run game more, especially with Adrian. Peterson. Jay Gruden left AP, a future Hall of Famer, for dead. Bill Callahan has done just the opposite. He's embraced that, and they are a much more physical, pound-the-rock type of team. It hasn't translated into offensive success in terms of scoring points. Some of that because of the defenses that they've played, but that's been the biggest change. So, uh, with with that in mind, we've got a a potential quarterback situation here where we don't know if it's going to be Case Keenum with the concussion or Dwayne Haskins, the the rookie, the first year guy. Uh, what what is your read on this situation, and what have you learned about Haskins so far as a rookie? If he were to be the guy, 
Yeah, so it's complicated. Um, so I hope Bills fans and that are listening to this, Redskins fans are used to me talking about uh, this on an all, all you know on a daily basis because there's just layers. Um, so I would say this: Case Keenum right now is in concussion protocol. He was not able to practice on Monday. We are awaiting Wednesday practice information and whether he's able to do anything. But my sense, my guess, my hunch is that he probably will be limited at best, if not out completely uh, in the early portion of the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice schedule week for the Redskins as they get ready for the Bills. Now, that being said, we all know that players can get out of concussion protocol on Thursday or Friday and play on Sunday. The problem is, is can a quarterback do that who missed the entire second half of last Thursday night's game against the Vikings, who has a very tenuous hold, but he does hold that starting position. Bill Callahan made that clear last Thursday night. If he's healthy and ready to go and gets cleared, he's going to be the starter. Again, this is just my hunch. This is just my guess. Because Dwayne Haskins needs the work and the reps and the practice, that they are going to treat him essentially in practice as the number one quarterback. If Case Keenum all of a sudden gets cleared at the last minute, Friday, Saturday, whatever, maybe Case Keenum starts. But I'm going forward. I'm going forward, Joe, with the idea that Dwayne Haskins is going to start Sunday in Buffalo, which could be very, very scary against that Buffalo Bills defense. And I've had a chance to watch some Haskins so far when he's in preseason and, of course, against Minnesota, and, and he looks like he's not quite ready to play, and Buffalo's defense is really good, especially at stopping the pass. And, you know, Tom Brady himself has had issues the last three times he's faced his defense. That's going to be a tall ask for a rookie quarterback who only had one year of starting experience in college. And this is what people don't understand, Joe, and you're absolutely right. Uh, this is what people don't understand when they say, well, he's not ready. I mean, there's another report out today uh, that he doesn't know the offensive you know, terminology and all the play calls. You know, just because he had a high football IQ at Ohio State for the one year and coming out in the draft and teams were impressed by him, just because, and you know this from what you, you know, what you do on a day in, day out basis, college offenses are different than NFL offenses and offenses. Jay Gruden's offense, even though he's not the head coach anymore, they didn't change the scheme. They didn't change the terminology. You can't do that midseason. It is a very, very complex, uh, long, uh, ridiculously long at times uh, system that that veteran quarterbacks have struggled. Alex Smith struggled to learn it, process it, be comfortable. So why are people so absurdly panicked? I don't. I, I think the what my read on it that Dwayne Haskins is so far behind. Should he know maybe a little bit more than apparently he does? Yes, I, it, it's impossible for me to judge that because I'm not in the meeting room with him and I'm not in the huddle with him. Uh, players are very hesitant to say eh, he doesn't know the system, but clearly they have made it known and people inside the building have made it known that it is a concern that he needs to be further advanced. Again, this is a long-winded way of saying he is behind. He doesn't have mastery of it in any sort of way. He needs to work harder at it. But I don't believe he's like this colossal failure at this point because he doesn't know a really, really, really long-winded offensive system. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea to let him fail forward a little bit and uh, get some live bullets. Offensively, we know Bill Callahan wants to run the football. He's been outspoken about that. So far this season, Washington is 25th in the league uh, in rushing offense. And has that 
has the dynamics of that attack shifted since he's taken over? And then, of course, we want to hear about Adrian Peterson. Uh, you know, the Bills have Frank Gore. Washington has, has Adrian Peterson, some older running backs. What type of uh, – what, what does he have left in the tank that the Bills fans should be mindful of? Yeah, so I, I think it has – improved the running game from when Jay Gruden was calling plays to now Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator first year uh, under Jay, but not calling plays. And obviously the OC is heavily involved in play calling, but when the head coach is the play caller, the head coach is going to get basically uh, his identity, if you will, on the, on the play call and on the game plan. And much the same with Bill Callahan, Bill Callahan wants to run the ball. They were able to run the ball very effectively against Miami they were able to run the ball 11 straight times out of the shoot in a monsoon of rain uh, about a week and a half ago against the San Francisco 49ers, and they marched right down the field against a very good defense, and they missed a chip shot field goal. And then they kind of struggled off and on, I would say, in that game. And then last Thursday night on a short week in AP's you know, return to Minnesota, I would say they struggled to run the football effectively for the most part. Um but they were able to throw the football, which I think was part of the game plan to attack the, the so-called weakness of the Vikings defense. So all of that leads me to I can't help but think Bill Callahan sees what the Eagles did to the Bills defense and thinks I can run the ball. And whether he'll have success or not, you know, I think it's a very different scheme and a very different set of running backs. But I can guarantee you, especially if the weather is inclement, which we all know in Buffalo, and I went to school in Buffalo for, you know, five years and lived there for seven years and been to New Era Field, then Ralph Wilson Stadium and Rich Stadium uh, a lot. We all know that the weather is likely to be inclement. So I would expect a heavy dose of the running game, especially early on. Just uh, kind of closing up our discussion here on this Redskins offense, we've established that Bill Callahan's going to want to establish the run. Adrian Peterson still being productive in the NFL. What are some of the other X factors on this offense that Bill's fans should be aware of? Obviously, the Redskins aren't a very common opponent. I know they have a nice young receiver there in Terry McLaurin. Who are some of these X factors we should be mindful of? Well, let's start with that. Terry McLaurin, if he gets behind, especially on a deep post, and if and this is <clears throat> a huge if, if the Redskins quarterback, whoever it might be, can actually hit them in, hit him in stride, it's over because that guy catches everything. He can blaze past you at mid 4-3 speeds, and he's a great route runner already. That's going to be the one thing that people notice around the league if they haven't already noticed how good and how sudden and how quick uh, he is in terms of his route running for a guy that wasn't viewed as a polished receiver out of Ohio State. Outside of that, there's not much more, if we're being honest with you. Uh, I, I mean, you know, they, Trey Quinn is a pretty good young slot receiver who can hurt you, but it, it, it hasn't exactly translated into success. And, and some of that, no, make no mistake about it, is on the quarterback. And some of that is their lack of tight ends. They are, you know, we don't know about Vernon Davis at this point. He's missed the last three games. We know Jordan Reed's on IR. They're playing a couple of Jags, quite honestly, at tight end. So that's hurt other things that they can do outside of potentially Chris Thompson returning from injury. And he's missed the last two games. There really isn't anybody else. If I'm being honest with you, other than Terry McLaren, uh, maybe Paul Richardson, but at this point, because, probably because of the quarterback situation, he's re been reduced to a pedestrian target at best. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh 
going to be the AP show, as we all kind of know here with the Redskins offense. Shifting gears now to the defensive side of the football, I look over this roster, and I like a lot of the personnel, some of the guys in the front seven, uh, some good defensive backs, some young defensive backs. Can you kind of just break down the strengths and weaknesses of this Redskins defense for the Bills fans? Sure, absolutely. The strength is the front defensive line. Jonathan Allen, um, uh, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis. Let's start with that. It was an even deeper unit than that with guys like Tim Settle uh, and Caleb Brantley, Caleb Brantley on IR. But those three guys are what makes this defense go. And they got off to a little bit... If you uh, quite honestly have a slow start because Allen got hurt late in the first quarter of game one and then missed the rest of that game and then missed the next game against the Cowboys. And I think it took him a week or two to get back and get going. But those guys, when they are right and when they are healthy and when they are there, are a very good group and they have a relentless work ethic and pretty good athleticism. So I do think they're going to cause Frank Gore and Josh Allen and this Bills offensive line a little bit of an issue. Uh, at linebacker on the interior, they're young. You do have a veteran in John Bostic, but you have a rookie in Cole Holcomb. Sean Deon Hamilton certainly plays a lot. Um, and Montez Sweat and Ryan Anderson, I think, on the edge opposite of Ryan Kerrigan are, are, are guys that you can probably take advantage of in the swing passing game, the screen game. Cole Beasley maybe getting some matchups maybe in space on crossers and shallow cross and shallow you know routes, that type of thing against him. And then real quickly, the secondary, you know, Josh Norman's been banged up late. Um, I, I, I assume he'll be there because they're trying to trade him. Uh, as we record this, we don't know the answer to that, but I think he'll be there. Uh, he's not very good. And to me, I would attack him and I would attack him hard and I would try and get a speed receiver against him and try and expose him on a deep go route, uh, you know, a deep post, something like that, because he simply cannot run with them. And another guy I think you can pick on is Fabian Moreau. He's kind of struggled this year with a bunch of holding penalties. Quentin Dunbar is a guy that you should absolutely Absolutely try and avoid meeting the Bills at all costs because that guy's really, really good. Yeah, definitely one of the bright young cornerbacks uh, in the league, one of the emerging uh, players at the position. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is Crossover Wednesday right here. Good to have you guys with us. And now we get an inside look at the Bills, the Buffalo Bills coming off of that uh, not so great home loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Joe Marino back with us uh, from Locked On Bills. And, and Joe, I, I mean, obviously, I, I guess we'll, we'll start there. You know, the Bills' had, defense had been great up until Sunday. We all know top five pretty much in, across the board in many d- statistical categories, and I think they're still top five, if memory serves me correct, in points. But the Eagles ripped them apart on the ground. Was that a one-game letdown, in your opinion, or is that something to be concerned about moving forward? It's something I can tell you going into this Redskins game that myself and Bills Mafia is quite concerned with. Uh, For five games, it wasn't something we talked about at all. The Bills defended the run perfectly fine. 
And then the Miami game happened out of the bye. And it's not that Miami gashed the Bills, but you started to see some uh, some chinks in the armor, if you will, when it comes to the run defense, when you know you really have an underwhelming Miami Dolphins offensive line, very underwhelming running back, start to pick up some yards against you. You, you kind of perk up and say, this is probably going to be an issue. And then the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that featured gusty winds and cold weather and and some you know some moisture in the air, Philadelphia Eagles ran the ball all over the Buffalo Bills, and so it's a gut check for this football team. And how do they respond? And you know they they have pretty much their preferred defensive line in. Uh, they don't have Harrison Phillips, a, a third round pick from 2018, who's been out for the year uh, for a while now. But it hasn't been an issue until really the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be important for them to get it fixed because. We know Bill Callahan and Adrian Peterson, they're going to run the football a ton, and they're going to challenge this Bill's defense. And the, the good thing is they know what the problems are. It's, it's, uh, it's not hard to identify what you need to fix. Can they fix it? It's, it's definitely a concern going into this game. Make sure you check out Joe, Joe Marino, at the Joe Marino on Twitter. You can check out Redskins content at Locked Redskins and as well mine individually is at WrestleMania621. Uh, so let's flip to the opposite side. And Josh Allen had a sub-500 accuracy game on Sunday yet. A couple of touchdowns, no interceptions. I, you mentioned the nasty weather conditions. I was watching a bunch of that game with the wind and the inclement weather. So we all know that's a part of it. He did have that critical fumble, which Philadelphia Philadelphia. Philadelphia turned into uh, points. Where is he right now as a passer? Because I know there were a lot of concerns, but a lot of pluses about him coming out uh, in the draft less than two years ago. Uh, we know how great of a runner and a scramble he is, but as a consistent passer in your eyes, he is where? Uh, I mean, he's still developing as a young quarterback in the league. I mean, only only 18 starts so far, and, and certainly we're learning about what he can do and what he can be. And I mean, you look at last season compared to this season, and he's grown leaps and bounds. And uh, people want to reference the, the completion percentage, which is up a ton versus last year. Uh, it's over 60% on the season compared to 52.8 last season. And he's growing with the offense and, and really making strides. Is where is he where he needs to be yet? No, absolutely not. But not many quarterbacks are after 18 games. And so uh, going into last week's game uh, against the, the Eagles, Pro Football Focus had Josh Allen rated as the highest graded quarterback on throws within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. And so he he's very effective in that area. What we're looking for is the deep stuff. And um, Josh Allen has done a good job of limiting his interceptions of late, which was a problem going back to last season. And that's caused for some more cautious throws, I think, from Josh Allen. But he's not putting the ball in harm's way through the air and making a lot of plays within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. And so uh, he's developing, coming along, playing well. He's been the reason to why the Bills have won several games. He's had some big fourth quarters, some come-from-behind victories, and um, the intangibles piece of of him right now is really good, and we're still looking for even more consistency in the passing game, but it's something that there's been notable, notable growth uh, comparing last year to this year. But correct me if I'm wrong, just as a follow-up, he does have a cannon. He does have an arm that can get that vertical passing game going. It's just a matter of whether it's accurate, correct? There's no question. I, I mean, Josh Allen has one of the the strongest arms the NFL's ever seen, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and so that's kind of the frustrating component of it is you want that big time arm strength to show up in terms of hitting throws down the field, which has not been the case so far this year. 
Joe, when the Bills need a play, you know, say let's call it third and six, third and seven, third and eight, who's the guy that's most likely to hurt them considering that, that you just outlined, you know, they've struggled kind of with the deep passing game, but the underneath stuff has been good. Is it automatically Cole Beasley or is it something else that you'd say, if you have to hang your hat on this situation, this guy, it's this guy? Yeah, it's John Brown. Uh, the Bills' number one receiver is John Brown, who's on pace for a monster season. Uh, and um, he's been one of the most consistent receivers in the league. I think him and Michael Thomas are the only two receivers in football to have at least 50 receiving yards in every game this year. And uh, he's the go-to guy for Josh Allen. He's made some big plays and uh, been worth every bit of that contract Buffalo offered him in the preseason. So, I mean, the, the two guys, the two focal points of the passing game – are definitely Beasley and Brown, but it's definitely heavy toward Brown in that regard. And that could fit in well with the matchup that I was talking about last segment, where if Josh Norman is out there, that's absolutely somewhere I am dialing up and attacking if I can get that one-on-one matchup if I'm the Buffalo Bills on offense. Um, Joe, you know, this game is kind of interesting. I covered Lorenzo Alexander, know him really well uh, for a number of years. Uh, covered Trent Murphy and Ty Secchi as well. Uh, not, no, I don't know them as well, but they're all, you know, pretty good guys. How would you say those three former Redskins um, have kind of fit in this year? I know Zoe has had an, an amazing renaissance, maybe not as statistically heavy this year, but he's been a real good find for the Buffalo Bills and then those other two guys. Yeah, Lorenzo Alexander has is, is been a big-time locker room guy for Sean McDermott in terms of connecting his message to the locker room, big-time leader on this football team. And he does a lot of different things. He plays off-ball linebacker in, in base defense, and then they get him up on the line of scrimmage, whether it's inside a defensive tackle or off the edge, and have him rush the passer a ton in passing situations. And so uh, he's very valuable in, in that regard, and he's playing well despite being an, an aging player. Uh, Ty Insecki has been... Uh, it's interesting. He's rotated with the Bills' number two uh, second-round pick, Cody Ford, at right tackle. They they have a, a timeshare there at right tackle where it's uh, it's it's almost half and half between those two players. And um, I don't know if that has a lot to do with Cody Ford being young and needing to develop, or if it's Ty and Secchi and some maybe some concerns about his health and ability to play for that long, you know, an entire game worth of snaps. But it seems like the offense tends to be more uh, productive when Inseki's in the game, and he's certainly been a really good pass blocker there at right tackle for the Bills. And then Trent Murphy, I'll tell you, I think I think he's been a disappointment to me. Obviously, he, he came to Buffalo after a season where he tore his ACL and really missed most of the season for for uh, for Washington. And the hope was that he would regain his form this year. He was kind of slow last year at times and made some hostile plays, defended the run okay, but I think the step that everyone was hoping he would take this year really hasn't happened. He's a starter. He plays a lot. He's not all that impactful of a player, and so I don't think uh, Washington's missing anything by not having Trent Murphy anymore. Yeah, it's it's interesting because what you described there was what we saw a lot of here last year, you know, when he was here as a second round pick. Uh, But with the exception of that last year in which he played, and I think he had nine, nine and a half sacks, maybe some of that was scheme, maybe some of that was just somebody had to get them. Uh, But I knew as soon as he tore that ACL in a preseason game that I was at in Baltimore, that a guy that didn't have great natural speed and athleticism to begin with would even be further limited. So I was kind of surprised to 
see the Bills' commitment uh, to him. But good update. And, and you know, I could just add about Ty Antecki. You know, he, he is a solid rotational guy, but the more he does play, you know, especially at his age, the more he's going to wear down and the more injury issues like others that he's going to have. But he's a guy that's good to have on that offensive line because he can play you know, right and left tackle, both guard positions if you need him to. He's a very versatile guy. Um, let's uh, kind of finish this up. And, uh, you know, I, I have so many other questions for you. But we, as, as we record this, we don't know who the Redskins quarterback is going to be. Again, I, my sense is it'll ultimately be Dwayne Haskins for health reasons, not because of choice reasons over Case Keenum. But it could be uh, certainly Case. But do they have any chance to be successful, either one, against this secondary, Tredavious White, Levi Wallace, Jordan Poyer? Who would they attack in order to have some level of success? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this would be a big concern for the Redskins fans, and and this is the strength of the Bills football team, is its secondary. Outstanding safety tandem in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, really good corners in Trey White, Levi Wallace, and then a rotation of guys at the slot that they're using to play the matchups, and uh, there's a lot to like in that secondary, and you know, Terry McLaurin's a really exciting young talent, uh, but what's going to be really challenging is just how sound this team is, fundamentally sound on the back end, how well they disguise coverage and show rotations late and really challenge the the football IQ of whoever's playing quarterback. Like I've already mentioned, there, there's, there's not been a lot of quarterbacks that have been successful really eat, dicing up the Bills secondary. And, um, you know, I mean, you've seen Tom Brady in three consecutive games really play poorly against this secondary, and he really talks about how good it is in terms of just being sound fundamentally and disguising coverage. And so – it's a tall task, and, and I think that's going to play into even more this being a run-heavy game for Washington uh, and that really being their chance to keep it close and ha- have a chance to win because there's not been a quarterback in a long time that's really diced up this Bills secondary, and, and quite honestly, I don't, I don't expect the Redskins to be the first. Uh, nor, do, <laughs> nor, nor do I, <laughs> is, is what I would say, especially with the way Jordan – I know Jordan Phillips is playing pretty damn well. Uh, I know we have to run, but that guy's going to be a beast for the Redskins' interior offensive line to deal with, right? Well, Jordan Phillips is he he makes some very splashy plays where you just like wow and that's a dynamic play and then there's times where he just fades and really I think he's been one of the guys that I'm pointing my fingers at in terms of consistency in run defense and so um, he's gonna he's gonna make a splash play or two but then there's gonna be other times where Brandon Scherf's gonna have him on roller skates. All right. That's uh, interesting. Uh, Joe, this has been great to uh, do this. Lots of information on both uh, the Bills and the Redskins. Uh, you know, just for whatever it's worth, I think the Redskins have very little shot of winning this game. I think the Bills are going to be an angry bunch. Get back on track. But it's uh, been great to catch up with you, and I, I enjoy your work, uh, obviously not only on the Bills, but all the draft stuff as well. Appreciate you, Chris, and uh, we'll have to talk draft as well here coming up. Uh, the Redskins, obviously, prime for a top pick. And it's, I'll be honest with you, it's been a fascinating discussion for me with the Redskins fans because yeah. it's it, to me, it's if they're picking top three and those two, you know, those two quarterbacks oh, are gone, you got to go with Chase Young. But everyone's telling me they want an offensive tackle. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, passing up on Chase Young. You're going to need both, but you cannot. You cannot. I mean, this is very early, and you know yeah. much more than me. You cannot pass up the pre, you know, the premier pass rusher in this draft. Even though you drafted Montez Sweat, hey, Ryan Kerrigan is inching up on 31, and he's going into the final year of his deal this up, you know, next year. So that to me, that is a natural, natural fit. Yeah. Yeah, well, anytime you want to talk about it, we'll we'll be happy to do it with you, Chris. Sounds great, Joe. Thanks. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.